Fanatics is making big move after big move. We all saw the acquisition of PWCC, but the bigger question is, what's next and who's next? We'll tell you what we think now. Hello, sports card investors, and welcome to another episode of Cards on the Table, and what a week it has been for the sports card hobby. We, of course, had the breaking news that Fanatics acquired PWCC earlier in this week, and there's been a lot of Fanatics news recently. There's been rumors that they've signed some of the top athletes to exclusive autograph deals. Of course, it wasn't that long ago that they were stealing employees away from Panini. It seems like Fanatics is making a whole bunch of moves at the moment. Now we all know about that, but my question for you gentlemen is what's next? And Ben, it's exciting to have you on the show today, sir, filling in for Teapot. Thanks for having me back. We're happy to have you here. And Doug, it's always a delight, sir, to have you on the show. Thank you, glad to be here. Absolutely, we're gonna start with you, Doug, okay. actually. Yeah. What is next? What do you think Fanatics does from here? Well, I've seen some rumors that we're next. <laughs> I have seen that as well. Are, are we being no quiet? No oh. comment, no, we are not, we are not. They. they <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they may have enough money to buy PWCC. But not me. Well, me. Not think enough about, to buy me. sports card investor. <laughs> no, they, they'd have to take out some loans to make that happen. So there's a couple of obvious answers to this, right? I think uh, acquiring Panini is a very obvious next step and something we've been speculating on for a year at least, I would say, by now. So any day now, let's get that thing taken care of. I think grading is the obvious step yeah. beyond that. Um, so, you know, obviously we see the, the sort of ecosystem that Fanatic is building right now and that's a big missing piece is grading. I've seen some speculation on which company that might be if they go after Beckett or someone like that. Um, but so that's a big missing piece. You know, they're going to have uh, the product, the licensing, the distribution, the marketplaces. Uh, Fanatics Live is, is coming uh, at some point as well. So uh, now they've got vaults. They, you know, they've got pretty much every angle covered. Um, so, you know, if the goal is to create this all-encompassing ecosystem, that's that's kind of where we have to go. So you think you think it's only a matter of time till they 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 get into grading, and you think that sure. they get into that through acquisition. That seems to be what a lot of people think that, is going to happen. I mean, I'm just following the rumors. I don't have any way of knowing what where they're at on that, but that's the fastest way for sure, sure. right? Sure. And you've got some grading companies out there right now that you know at least at least one in Beckett, which has had some public challenges recently, and we've seen their sales numbers. In terms of the number of cards they're grading and taking in, those numbers have been dropping while other companies like SGC and PSA have been steadily rising. So is Beckett a target? Do you see something like that happening, Ben? Or do you have a different idea for what's next? So, well, my idea of what I hope they do and what I think they do is going to be drastically different. If I'm Fanatics, I am going to target some you know, a grading company like BGS, it just makes a lot of sense. They sort of seem like they're floundering at this point. Um, and if I'm Beckett, I probably hope that Fanatics comes calling as well. Now, for me personally, I sort of hope they wrap up whatever is going on with Panini, yeah. and then I want them to stop. Just stop, stop doing, doing it. Stop, stop doing this yeah. stuff. Stop, stop yeah. acquiring play, you know, other companies because I think yeah. there needs to be a certain degree of separation, yeah. especially when it comes to third-party grading, and yeah. when it comes to data tools, a lot of people scoff at collectors consolidating Golden with PSA and Card Ladder. I think this could be potentially even more drastic sure. where you've got 
the company that's making the cards is distributing the cards. They're selling them on their marketplaces with singles, mm -hmm. as well as the breaking aspect. And then now they're going to be grading the cards. It is a little well. weird. Don't you think it is a little weird to have the same company manufacturing the cards and then grading their own cards? Is that a conflict of interest? I think that's potentially there. I mean, there's right. certainly an opportunity for that. And whether or not it ever happens, people will be screaming that, right? Yeah. Everybody is going to claim huge conflict of interest. This grade was undeserved. It's, you know, that, that conspiracy would live on forever. So it'd be great to avoid that. I'm, I'm with Ben on that. I'd be very happy to see them not acquire a grading company and let the other people handle it. I agree. I do agree with, with both you guys. Panini is first and foremost. We would love That's to see that one. happen. Yeah. We'd love to see that happen, especially now that there's talk that Fanatics is signing exclusive autograph deals with some of next year's key yeah. rookies. So those guys may not have autographs and Panini products. Oh, gosh, that's not going to be good for collectors in the sports card no. hobby. So, oh, no, no, no. So it would be great if Fanatics could actually be the ones producing the cards uh, so that they could have the autographs on them for sure. You know, I was pretty convinced that Fanatics would not make a play at a grading company anytime soon. I think PWCC was more of an opportunistic play. It just sure. came up at the moment. They weren't necessarily actively shopping, but it just presented itself with the fact that PWCC needed to get acquired. But... Northeast Ohio Sports Cards, uh, NEO Sports Cards on, um, on YouTube, great YouTuber. He's, he's done a couple of really interesting videos about like what Fanatics does from here. And he made the point that Fanatics has a history throughout, the comp throughout their organization of buying distressed assets mm. at yeah. low dollar values. Yep. They just did it with that sports betting company they acquired. They just did it with PWCC. I don't know Beckett's financials. I don't know where they're at right now, but you have to think that they're less valuable as an organization today than they were a couple of years ago with how some of their numbers have dropped. So maybe that is blood in the water for Fanatics <laughs> and maybe they do pounce and get Beckett in a potentially distressed asset type situation if the opportunity presents. I don't know, it's gonna be interesting. I have a lot of thoughts, a lot more thoughts on this than I have time to share here, guys, but I did do an episode of the Jeff Wilson Show. It's my own personal podcast and my own personal YouTube show where I talked for about 45 minutes about what I think Fanatics uh, moves have been and what their next moves may be. So check out the Jeff Wilson Show. Just go on YouTube and search for the Jeff Wilson Show and you will find that episode it just released this morning. Okay guys, another important thing happening right now in the sports card market is Pristine is having an elite auction. There are some cards that really caught my eye. So this is one I love. In 1996, Finest Basketball re-released a refractor version of the, uh, you know, the, the uh, iconic 1980 uh, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Dr. J card, right? Saw that card. I know what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah. and so, this re so they've got the refractor version, but they've got where all three of those all-time greats have autographed it. And it's an authentic autograph, Beckett graded autograph, Beckett certified autograph. I've got my eye on that. Ben, what do you have your eye on? So it's pretty timely with the NBA playoffs, but 2016-2017 studio, the original from downtown Jimmy Butler SGC10. Ooh, Jimmy Bucket. Those are hard to find. That's actually are. that's a yeah. great pick. I like that pick. How about you, Doug? Going with the 2019 gold standard Leo Messi patch auto. It's a double patch auto, and it's match worn patches as well from oh. his time at Barcelona. Wow. And it's numbered out of seven, SGC 9-5. The patches are awesome. It's the full Barcelona patch on one of the patches. Really, really great card. You can't ever go wrong with Leo Messi autos, but match worn patches as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. All of this and more is right now at pristineauction.com. And when you register for an account at pristineauction.com, put in promo code SCI when you register. You'll get $10 in credit towards your first auction purchase. 
purchase. Okay, Ben, let's talk about this next topic about affordable inserts. So Teapot in his Market Movers YouTube video this past yeah. weekend on the Market Movers channel, he uh, went through time and looked at different inserts that are affordable pickups that he thought might be might be good pickups today for you know for your PC and, and maybe some of them might have some long-term staying power from an investment as well. What are your favorite inserts, Ben? And, and which ones do you like targeting when you're out there looking for carts? Yeah, so I'd like to point out that he did that episode. The two inserts that he had on the table were both mine. Oh, <laughs> nice. He pulled those from my nice. desk, uh, my David Robinson Big Men on Court, which is one of my favorite card sets of all time. And then uh, Trey Young Purple My House, mm -hmm. which is uh, one of my favorites um, from ultra modern sets. But one thing that I really like to look at when it comes to some of these different inserts, these high quality inserts, is what they're gonna gem. And so one thing that I did is I went and found one of my favorite inserts, Blank, blank Slate. Slate. Yeah, I Doug, Doug, I knew he was gonna say it, yeah. Doug, I love it. Doug knows it, Blank Slate, and I went over to Gemrate, um, our friend Ryan over at Gemrate runs that, and I went through some of the years. Do you know what the Gemrate is on some of those Blank Slates? 80%. I, I, I know the PSA 10s, though, are impossibly difficult to find. So if it's truly that high of a gem rate, then they're just so short printed to begin so, with. So 2017, yeah. the 2017 gem rate, 91%. Wow. 2019, 68%. Okay. 2020, 88%. Wow. 2021, 79%. Okay. So I guess they're just tough cards in general to find. They're not yes. tough, though, if you find one to get a PSA 10, it sounds like. Yeah, I, I think it has something to do with the surface being mm. sort of, uh, I don't even, there, there's some type of texture on it, so I assume that. Like a canvas style yeah, so and they're I, borderless cards so yep. centering is hard to, to knock yep. off right but but that's the stuff that i look for is it is it going to gym well does it have a cool classic look yeah. blank slate checks those boxes okay i like that pick that's that's very that's savvy of you ben i'm impressed with you that's Even good doug let's see if doug it. has as savvy of a pick over here no i didn't crap on it at all I, we've had this conversation multiple times in the past so i just kind of knew where you're going with that so as far as like affordable inserts, that's pretty difficult with a lot of the hyped ultra modern sure. stuff. Kaboom and Downtown and Color Blast, Stained Glass, those aren't gonna be necessarily affordable. Um, I think of something from the Junk Wax era like ProVisions, I love ProVisions okay. as an insert, and they're really affordable. Yeah, you, can get, you can get you know, PSA 9, PSA 10 ProVisions that look really cool and have that nostalgic feel for you know, a pretty low price. Ultra modern, I'm still chasing 2019 optic my house hollows in PSA 10s. I've almost got the full set, but Never I've been stalled. Happen. I've been stalled forever on the last two cards in that set. Um, but those are pretty affordable. None of those cards are like over 100 bucks in PSA 10, so I really like those. I was going to talk about a little bit about blank slate as well. I think from ultra modern stuff, Court Kings does a really good job. And one of the reasons you don't see as many blank slates is because they have multiple case hits. So Aurora can be one of the case yeah. hits, you know, something like state of the art or uh, blank slate. So it's not like you're gonna get a blank slate every case, you're gonna get one of those three every case. So it's mm. almost like every third case or something like that, right? But they all look really good. They have typically high gem rates for the most part. Um, and some of those you can find at not too expensive of a price. I like those a lot too. I'm gonna take you back to the 90s. I love 1997, the platinum portraits from Skybox. Yeah. And then the following year they made them even better. Skybox Molten Metal Fusion from 1998. It was kind of the Platinum Portraits design, but then with an image of the, of the full image of the player on it as well. Those cards are beautiful. They are not affordable if you're going for <laughs> Jordan or Kobe or Shaq or any of the big players of that era. But if you're willing to go for a secondary player from that time period, 
they can be a little bit more affordable to pick up and they are just beautiful. So check those out. I will say in the late nineties. I will say really quickly, uh, this is all from a collector's perspective, right? If we're talking about investing, I actually might tell people to steer away a little bit or be cautious of inserts because I really think, especially ultra modern stuff is getting a little overhyped and a little watered down. There's so much kaboom and color blast uh, coming out every year. I'm actually kind of fading from Interesting. some of that stuff. So yeah. collect no, what I you mixed, like. I, I have mixed feelings on that. I, I do think that there's a lot of you know overprinting of ultra modern in general, but I kind of feel like something like kaboom might hold the test of time the same way that some of those iconic 90s inserts have done Maybe. So. I'm just a little burned out on it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of it out there. I understand. All right, guys. We have some great other topics to tackle, such as Top's recent Dutch auction of Bowman Sapphire and card growth potential that we're seeing in the NBA playoffs. But first, a quick break. Go download the Market Movers app right now and you can try it out for free. Just go to the app store on your phone and search for Market Movers. Grab that app and try it out. Doug, let's go to you for our first uh, mailbag topic of the day. So it was, uh, it was, I guess, at the end of last week, last Friday, when Topps did their Dutch auction for Bowman Sapphire. Now, now Topps has not done this type of Dutch auction, you know, much before. And so they seems like they kind of borrowed the Panini style of doing the Dutch auction where they had a starting price and they had a floor price and the price was dropping in time increments. Yeah. You could buy in whenever you wanted. And, um, but then whatever price you paid, you were locked in at, yeah. right? So it wasn't, it wasn't the collector friendly version that Zero Cool had tried where everybody got the lowest price. Instead, you kind of got locked in at whatever price you paid. Um, this, it did sell out. Yeah. Um, and it actually sold out just above the floor. There were some people that said it got all the way down to the floor, but apparently there was a website error, go figure, uh, where it was showing it going below where it actually did. It sold out above the floor, but just like a, a level above the floor. I think from Tops and Fanatics' perspective, it was a success. I'm sure. <laughs> but was this a success for you, Doug? And do you like these types of Dutch auctions? And do you see this being how many cards are sold going forward? That was not a success for collectors, investors, flippers, whatever you are, unless you're Tops Fanatics, this was not a success at all. First of all, they set the floor at double what the product cost last year. They explained why apparently they cut the print run in half and there's more parallels in there. Yes, there were reasons why they did that, but. But without being fully transparent up front about that and making that very obvious, it's really bad optically to double your floor price. Uh, and you and I have talked about this. We talked about it in Dallas, so I know you know we align on this. And I don't like Dutch auctions at all, yeah. because unless you bought at the floor, you have immediately lost money, and maybe a lot of money, depending on how early you got in, because there's pressure to try to get this product before it sells out. You don't know where it's going to sell out, but that pressure to get it could cause you to pay several tiers above yeah. the floor, you know, where the, the closeout price. And then you've instantly lost value, which instantly. stinks, right? Like and you, then that probably, you know, well, not probably, it does negatively affect the secondhand market because how are you going to get that money back? Yeah. Then you have to put it on eBay at even higher prices or you have to break it at even higher prices and that extra cost gets tacked onto the end user in this case, the end collector. Um, yeah, Dutch, Dutch auctions are the worst. You, you agree? I hated it. Okay. <laughs> I hated it. Stinks. It stinks. So yeah, it it stinks and it sucks. So the the thing that 
I worry about here is there are a lot of holes that we can poke, you know, in things that Topps does, Fanatics does, that Panini does. The Dutch auctions with Panini is one of the most universally disliked things yeah. they do. And so why would you just double down on that? And I then especially know. Michael Rubin, if I remember correctly, has said that that isn't something that he's wanted to do. Yeah. He wanted to look at this a little bit differently. I'm not sure that a lottery system is exactly the right way to go. Anybody that has used the sneakers app with Nike knows that that can be just a complete nightmare. So I don't know that that's a solution, but we have to do something better than picking something that's universally disliked about Panini and just copying it. People yeah. don't love Josh yeah. Luber's name in this hobby sometimes, but his blind auction yes. concept was really cool. I know we talked about that. I loved his system and Zero Cool used yeah. that. So Fanatics has used that yeah. system and, and what, what their system was, was everyone put in bids as, as to what they were willing to pay and you had like 48 hours to put in a bid. And then it, it you know determined what that bottom price was gonna be based on all the bids, but then everybody paid that price. Mm -hmm. So nobody got, nobody got screwed. Everybody who bought the product paid the same price and paid the lowest price right above the cut line. To me, that is the most collector-friendly, uh, you know, yeah. fair way of doing it. I was really expecting and hoping that Topps was going to adopt that, and I was kind of surprised when they did it the Panini-style way. I, I agree. I don't like it. I, I hope that they reconsider and go back to the zero-cool method of doing it if they're going to continue to do Dutch auctions in the future. I like the Dutch auctions. Yeah. I just don't like the method that they choose chose to adopt to do it with. Okay, let's go to our next mailbag topic, and this was around card growth in the NBA playoffs. So it's been quite the playoffs, and we've seen cards already go up and down like wild. These play, you know, these playoffs. I mean, yeah. you got a lot of the stars of of the Nuggets and the Heat, whose card prices have doubled, tripled over the course of the playoffs. It's been really interesting. You've seen other guys who you know fell off earlier than expected and their cards have been you know falling ever since so what do we make of the nba playoffs from a card value perspective i'm going to start with you doug all right i'm everybody knows this i'm going to talk about my guy jamal murray <sighs> there's no way to avoid it though uh let's go back to the bubble playoffs jamal murray was arguably the top performer in the bubble his duels against donovan mitchell were the most fun to watch out of anything in the bubble playoffs and he saw a nice period of growth from those performances, but then he tore his ACL, missed a ton of time, and people forgot about him again. And now here he is, arguably one of the top performers in the entire playoffs, first player ever in conference finals history to average 30 points a game on 50, 40, 90 shooting. So he's he's incredible. He's a little overshadowed by the fact that he's got Jokic on his team. You know, he's got the best player in the NBA on his team. So it's okay to be the second best player on your team if the other guy is the best player in the entire league, right? Um, full disclosure before anybody goes all pump and dump on me. I own a lot of Murray. I've got some Murray for sale. Uh-oh. Full disclosure. Here we go. Full disclosure. This <laughs> guy. wildcat boy over here. Typical. With his wildcat. I own a lot. If, it's, if he's a wildcat, I own him. Um, but Murray's – okay, let's go back real quick. Murray's prices – have gone up a lot, and they're still nowhere near what they need to be. He's one of the best players in the NBA, period. Uh, he's seen like 40% growth in this month alone, and that's not enough. You can still get a lot of Murray for under $100. You can get PSA 10, base rookies for under 100 bucks, Prism, Select, Optic, you name it. He's way too cheap still. By the way, I just put some of that Select wax up for sale. Remember all that Select wax? Yeah. Half a million dollars yeah. worth of Select cases that Famously, I bought a few yes. years ago. Famously. Um, they are actually ending tonight in PWCC's premier auction. Not all of them, but I put up a 2016 
uh, case of select basketball, Jamal Murray's rookie year. Give I me also, a case. Let's break I it. I put up a 2015 case with Jokic, and I put up a 2017 case, two 2017 cases with Tatum. Mm-hmm. Maybe not looking good. But Bam Adebayo's in 2017, yeah. too, isn't he? Yeah, so he's yeah. in Lonzo Ball. There you go. I, oh I, there you go. Look at that. Amazing. Ben, your thoughts on NBA? Uh, the guy that I'm looking at is Austin Reeves. This okay. Is, this is strictly from like right. a, a price points price standpoint where he's starting versus where he could actually be. Probably going to sign a big fat contract this offseason. Obviously, being in the, in the purple and gold is going to help. If LeBron comes back, he has talked so highly about Austin Reeves. Um, and I think he's actually a better version. We, we saw this a lot in the hobby with like Alex Caruso, but I think he's like a, met, a much better version of what Alex Caruso was as like the token white guy that people want to want to get behind for whatever reason. Um, and Austin Reeves, I, I he, he was fun to watch. I love when he hit that half court shot. That yeah. was that was that oh, was, that was wild. fun. He's fun to watch. Uh, but both you guys are wrong. The correct no, answer not. is that you should oh. be looking at the guys who got bounced early, whose card prices are going down, not the guys who are hot as can be right now. Come on, you know, like you got to look at a Giannis who, or never dare, heard of him. Dare I say even John Morant? Dare I say those oh, words? Dare I say those don't words? Do don't no, do that. No. Card prices are getting pretty low. Don't I don't do know. That. They might go down a little more. Suspension news pending. I'm sure there's going to be something big there. And way to go out on a limb. <laughs> you like Giannis. You just, Teapot's not here, but he's still here. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. Hey, thank you very much for watching. Go check out Market Movers. Download the Market Movers app on your phone right now. And give the show a like and subscribe if you enjoyed it. We appreciate you. See you for the next one. Take care.